big rocks and all that sort of thing. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. No, you intro this. I don't like it. I don't want to do it. Yes, but, you know, you intro it. You could, in- you could do any intro you like. Well, it's very limited by the name of the show, isn't <laughs> well, it? Which is the Mick the Wall Show. No, we talked about renaming the show, didn't we? Did. We? And, we did. And amazingly enough, you said there was been a lot of research done <laughs> and that the people liked to call it the Mick Wall Show. No, no what I said was... Featuring the, Mick Wall. What I said was the promoter. The promoter, that was... Like to call who it Who happens the, to be your friend. That's right, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and yeah. Yeah, of course, the prom- I am friends with all the important promoters and they are friends with exactly. me. Exactly. And... My friends, John, they know. Occasionally, are your friends. You put that name above the door; it's like magic. It's like magic. And people through, flock. They do. They just Up see to the name. Forty people. They at see the, time. the name Mick Wall, and they go. Oh. It did make me laugh. Did you see outside? Um, they're talking about the West Hampstead Arts Club, which is where we did our gig, which and is where brilliant. we're doing our next. Where we're gig. doing our next one as well. Come, come again if you came the first time. Come for the first time if you didn't come last time. Yeah, just come. Because there's going to be a very famous... Uh, very well, special. Mick Wall, obviously. Well, very special. A very special a Very guest. special live show yeah. at the West Hampstead Arts Club. Yes. On February the twi- uh, 21st. Right. February 21st, 2024, yeah. in case anybody's crazy. Yeah. And we will be on stage a little earlier than last time. And we'll be off stage a lot fucking earlier. Yes, we will. Because we rather went on a bit last time, didn't we? Well, yeah. you did. You did. You were you were rather gung ho. <laughs> I think you were still high from the. Yeah, first that's time. right. High from just being able to sit next to Mick Wall <laughs> for an hour or so. Very good. Now, John. Um, yes. Yeah, so you were going to say who the special guest was? Your mind has wandered off again. Oh fucking hell! Okay. Um, so, our second show is at the West Hampstead Arts Club in Mill Lane, West Hampstead, London, on Wednesday, February the 21st. And our special guest is none other than the King of Prog. And I do not say that lightly. No, he is absolutely the King of Prog. He is the, the reigning king of progressive rock. He really is. And he his is. name is Stephen Wilson. He is, as people say, he's the biggest rock star that people don't think of as a rock star. Yeah, or... You know, or, I mean, massive show, worldwide tours. Yeah. He's in about... He's in at least five different bands that I can think of. <laughs> and one of them, one of Porcupine good. Tree, yeah. their album went to number one when it came exactly. out in Exactly. In fact, all of them are good. I like I like all his bands. I'm, and I'm a particular fan of Porcupine Tree and his solo work. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. In fact, he had a, a solo album out last year. He also had, before Christmas, a live porcupine tree. Yeah, that was good. And, most exciting of all, a Christmas song. That's right, which we spoke about before. We don't need to go back over that. Oh, we don't need to go back over that? No, no, we don't. We talked about that on the last podcast. And readers will be uh, delighted to hear, speaking of the last podcast, that you've now finished your 500 words on Ronnie James Dean. I have. How did it it end? Uh, Well, you see, John... (laughs) I could tell you, but really, you're going to have to buy a copy of Classic Rock magazine, you know, to to get the great reveal. Yeah. How long do you reckon it takes to read 500 words? I mean, given how long it's taken you to write. (laughs) Well, you see, the thing is... Do you reckon four minutes? Well, if it was you, I'd say probably four minutes. You know, they do that thing sometimes online. They say four minute read or whatever. Yeah. 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 I hate it when they do that. I'm into slow reading. Right. Well, we noticed that. (laughs) No, that's slow writing. No, no, no. I mean, with the reading, you tried to read something out, didn't you? Weren't that Um, good at it? My kids, they get books and they say to each other, 
I'm on page 180. Which mm. one are you on? Yeah. Or, Dad, I've read five chapters. And I'm like, I don't care. It's not about how many chapters. Because you you're a nurturing and encouraging <laughs> father. I so get there, don't but I bother just me. Rip them in so is it five chapters? I say, get back to your phone. You say, is it five chapters of a book I've written? And they say no. And you say, well, I'm not interested yeah. then. Yeah. Try reading five of my chapters yeah, exactly. in a day. Yeah, come back then yeah. when you've done that. Yeah, then talk to me. Exactly. No, I'm yeah. always trying to get it into their heads. Look, it doesn't matter how many chapters you've read or how long it took. It's what you got out of it. Did you enjoy it? Are you yeah. immersed? Yeah. You know? And so my writing reflects that. <laughs> so, but you can't say four-minute read because this is stuff for the ages. This is stuff you can come back to lovingly yeah, years, yeah. like flicking through your old classic rocks, like I know you do, in your rocking chair at home yeah. on a Sunday, you know. And you go, oh, I remember when Mick did this. Yeah. I'm going to read it again. And like a great I'm book, gonna read it you again, get more yeah. out of it the second yeah, and second third time. Yeah, you know? yeah. More, more out of it straight into the recycling bin. <laughs> Save the planet, that's what I say. So um, I've forgotten what I was going to say now. Um, Are you talking about Stephen Wilson? Yes. Um, so he's going to be at the show, and uh, thinking back, and he's to going the, to be telling truths about the music business. He's going to be kicking ass and taking he names. Is, he is. Um, uh, no, exactly. But but we were saying over the Christmas and New Year pods that. We were going to give you three questions. I'm getting three questions, so I've already prepared already my three. You've told me you've forgotten one. I, I have forgotten, but I've got, I've got two definites, so I'm still thinking about my third one. But what would be well, even, Remind me of the definites. Well, the definites are when you do all those remixes, like when you remixed every single Jethro Tull album for re-release. Don't forget Marillion. By the time you, you get... Guns and Roses as well, I think. I don't know. Uh, you know who he did do? Uh, Suede. I was surprised to see that. They yeah. pay their money's as good as anybody. Well, exactly, yeah. So you just, I said, especially with Suede, who's a careless fit, no one's going to tell the difference on that, are they? You just, like, do you just turn it up, then turn it back down again. Put the sticker on, remixed by Stephen Wilson. Brackets, king of prog. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's one you're of gonna, them. The, that's you're gonna, one of them. You're going to put yeah, it to him in that way. Yeah, there was you? one uh, which was inspired by Fish, the previous king of prog. Fish. Now, now probably he's like Kim King Emeritus. He's like the king who's abdicated, but who fish? Yeah, because he's no longer because he's going to retire, and he's retiring to go and live on a croft, on a croft, on an island in the middle of the sea. That's right. So my next question to Stephen Wilson is, would you ever live on a croft? Yeah. So that two of my questions. I, I'm going to hazard but, a guess at the answers. But, well, no, I think he'll have an interesting response oh, because I'm I think sure he will. he's the kind of person who would think about, well, you know, when I've finished finally remixing every suede album that exists, what am I going to do with my life, you know? I know, I'll so, go and live on a croft. Well, I'll do something completely different to music. I'm going to do something, I'm just... That was a huge part of my life, but now I'm going to do a croft X, Y, Z, whatever. You know, I'm going to weave herringbone fish jumpers. I don't know, fisherman's jumpers. Hang on, whatever. What he's you going do? to what live do you do on, on a croft and, and weave herringbone fish jumpers. I'm not saying he's going to live on a croft. The fish is going to live on a croft. Oh. It would probably be quite coincidental if Stephen Wilson also decided to live on a croft. It could be the croft in the next island. I mean, yeah, if they end up living next door to each other, I mean, it's just a busman's holiday, isn't they it? Could do a, do they that. could do like a, an album together and call it On the Croft. Yeah. yeah. The croft crofters, of a Crofters. Yeah. <laughs> croft for a jester's tea. Yeah. Oh, that would be good, wouldn't it? Or yeah. script for a jester's croft. Yeah, script for a jester's croft. Misplaced croft. Well, that was always Fishy's thing, wasn't it? He was going to go off and write scripts and novels and all the rest of it. And I'm, sure I'm sure he, he is. is. I'm sure he's that working he's on it as on we croft. speak. That's why he's going to the croft. So my point is, anyway, yes. Stephen oh, yes. Wilson will be, you know, probably yeah. have quite an interest. So, but even better than me having three questions is what we most want are readers' questions. We because, do. Because I think they're going to be the best questions 
They are, because you know, you're making a stupid face as if, oh, only Mick Wall can come up with a brilliant question. <laughs> no. That's why he's such a fantastic music writer. Da, 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 perfectionist. Da, da. I think perfectionist <laughs> is the word people use about I think me. they're going to... I think you... In fact, before we start this pod, you were bitterly complaining about an interview, which we shall not mention that you've got to go and do tomorrow. <laughs> and you said, oh, I've already interviewed him. What can I ask him that's different to last time? So that's my evidence for this. Yeah. So okay, and here's I my want, evidence for I the want, face. I, and I'm telling you... Oh, he's point, he, you're I jabbing am, a pointing. finger at Can, me. Don't you're let, jabbing a finger. Don't let me down on this. Charming. Email in the questions, and I guarantee they're going to be better questions than anything Mick Waller come up with. Okay. Can so I now email explain my in. face? Yeah. Because on the Francis Rossi tour, every night people got to put questions in a box. Yeah, that, this is, that's Francis Rossi, Mick. That's what is there to... It's like even I would go... Jesus Christ, I can't think of anything to ask Francis. Not even would you go and live on a croft, hopefully. But, <laughs> but, you know, but Stephen Wilson, look at, you know, all the music Rocking he's made, all, over all the of the bands he's done. He doesn't, he's not always interviewed in this setting where he can be a bit more lighthearted than talking about his latest opus or whatever. So I think it's going to be great. Ask him what you want. Ask him what he does on his days I off. I guarantee you know. it will be a Stephen. Uh, on your Sherlock album, The uh, Raven That Lived on a Croft, do you feel that prod direction was more valid than that fucking rubbish you did later, which didn't sound like prod to me? Yeah, but what if it is? Say what, and let him answer that. That would be quite interesting. If someone says, be, hang on, if someone says to him, if someone says to him, your recent album was fucking rubbish, <laughs> <laughs> when are you going to get back to... The good old days. Well, that's your fourth question. Yeah, no, that's my that's third your question. I'm only question. getting three questions, so I could... The, my uh, fourth I, question I is I, see, purely that's symbolic. That's why I would filter. I wouldn't let that But throw. anyway, so readers' questions. I'm, I'm in favour of this, and I think we should have a load of them. So send them in. That'd be great. Do you remember um, when we did Ginger, that gig... Yeah, I, and we I could said, have done said, with a few bloody questions I said there. to the audience... Because you just kept droning on. Crickets. You just yeah because you were droning on like these I are going to be these are going to be pre-submitted so you I can, was right, droning on you can start it's like a proper it's like when you go when you go and do your interviews right when you interview someone you would never just think of the questions on the way down there would you you would pre yes I fucking would you would pre-prepare you like you're doing now days. I've got like brown envelopes from the tap yeah. I sound, literally found one the other day and on the back it had written Gay question mark. Oh, that was when you I was did Henry Rollins. I was interviewing uh, Misha Paris, and I was just—it was meant to trigger me to say you have a large gay following. Oh, right. But three weeks later, all I've got on my desk is a torn envelope with the word "gay" yeah. and a question mark, <laughs> which was See, in front of me. Which when is I was precisely why I'm saying you've got until February the twenty. Let's say let's set the deadline of February the twentieth for readers' questions because that's the day before the gig. Mm-hmm. They will guaranteed be better than someone having gay question mark written on an envelope. Well, that, that wouldn't be a question for Stephen, obviously. No, no, I know. Wow. What is it you've got about Stephen's sex life? Oh, my you God. need to shove down their throats, John. Oh, my God. I've got to tell you, though, just going off the Stephen Wilson subject slightly, because I meant to say this to you, Uh-oh. and I didn't say it. Did you see at Christmas one of the, uh, I mean, it was stupid, but an amusing show, the, um, the the two brothers from Spandau Ballet, Martin and Gary Kemp, no, I didn't see did their spoof. Uh, they do these spoof. It's the second one they've done. Oh, uh, and they've with, kind with of the create, manager. Yeah, the they, manager yeah. saying you've got to get Spandau yeah, back, yeah, and they're, they're saying, "Could yeah. we get um, a video?" Yeah, of but the, they don't. They don't want to do it with uh, the singer Tony Hadley because they've fallen out. But they've got. They've sort of created these alternative realities for them. But so they come up with this idea that what they're going to do is like. They're going to make a super group yeah, up yeah. Of, of like McBusted did. Yeah. And the person they decide to make the super group with is Francis Rossi. <laughs> and Francis Rossi comes in and they become... Um, the real Francis sp- they, Rossi. Yeah, they become Spandau Quo. No. <laughs> they put on... He says, you've got to, you've got to look... We've got to all look the same. So the Spandau guys <laughs> put on the, the waistcoats and the jeans. <laughs> and they do a status quo version of True... That was actually quite good. It's on the iPlayer. It's well worth checking out. Oh, it's very I've got funny. I saw a little very clip funny. on Twitter or something. Yeah. 
And uh, they were talking about when Simply Red and Wet, Wet, Wet got together and called it Simply Wet. <laughs> yeah. And then, they'd, and then he goes, we don't talk about, there was one we don't talk about, which was Dire Straits and Chris Rear, which <laughs> yeah. is diarrhea. Yeah, you'd have to explain the joke. Oh, oh, yeah, oh, I'm yeah. so sorry. But anyway, sorry. yeah, it was very good. And Francis Rossi, fair play to Francis Rossi. I do knock him every time we raise his name. Well, I don't know but, why. But he was very good in it. He was very good. Was he wearing a toga? No, no, he was wearing his proper stuff. And he actually did quite a good gag where he said, oh, you've got to have a ponytail. To the <laughs> <laughs> and he gets out a briefcase. He's got all his ponytails in there. And he starts giving them. <laughs> you can have one of mine. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. So it was very good. It was very funny, yeah. Do you know, years ago, like we were talking about Man of War on the last episode. And it reminded me of those days of the Hammersmith Odeon, as it was then whenever a rock or metal band was on, we'd all pile down there. And do you remember the backstage bar where yeah, Mar- up, Marco... Up the top of the stairs. Up the top of the yeah. stairs. And the barman was Marco. Yeah, that's right. Who would do magic card yeah, tricks. card tricks, yeah. To keep us amused while the bands were playing. Yeah, um, yeah well, if you could get in, I mean, it was so small. It was like you could yeah. only fit about four people. Oh, no. Well, a few more than four. Yeah. No, I always, small. somehow I always managed to get in there. Yeah, yeah, I think because, because if Because I... you started running the the first song, the minute you saw Steve Harris wasn't looking at you, <laughs> you started running up the stairs towards the bar. Um, uh, no, I would have done that long yeah, before any yeah. band came on. Not Iron Maiden, I'd have been there for them. Yeah, you know, yeah. Solidarity. Yeah. Um, uh, so one night I'm in that bar this is about 87, mm. and uh, I don't know what the band was, but the, the usual suspects are there, you know, Neil Murray yeah. and Spike. Fish. The, yeah, yeah, absolutely, all those people. Brian May, he was always there yeah. in his clogs, bless him. And um, I've got my back to the... I'm, I'm completely pissed, you know, I'm cavorting with somebody or other, probably you and Crusher, but um, I get a tap on the shoulder... And I turn round, and it's the Kemp brothers. Oh. <laughs> Gary and Martin. And oh. I went, oh, Spandau, I love that record you did, Chant. Remember that when they did Chant? Oh, remember yeah, that? yeah, Chant. Can't number. stand the pressure on. I can't stand this pressure on. I can't stand this pressure on. That one, yeah. Did a little, little, little. That's a good one, yeah. I love that record. Yeah. So I start going, I love that record. <laughs> and they were kind of like, you could see the thing in, oh, yeah. There's nothing like being... Having a drunken man telling, telling you how you much they like your record. Your, your yeah. hit from six years <laughs> yeah. ago. Anyway, uh, they weren't drunk, but they said to me, um, they've been, I don't know if I've ever told you this, John, but back in those days in the late 80s. You used to dress like Spandau Ballet. I know no, I used, yeah. to, I used to do a TV show oh, called, called Monsters of Monsters Rock. Monsters of Rock, that's right. Very good. Square, you had to have a square all, but it was good. Unless you yeah. lived in Milton Keynes yeah, or, or Dublin or, Dublin, or yeah. twenty countries around you, <laughs> so um, they're like uh. they're like you're Mick Wall. I went, yeah, I know, you know, and um, uh, they were like, we really want to come on your show. I went, <laughs> fuck, oh, <laughs> fuck, oh, yeah, fuck, yeah, I take it a piss. <laughs> and they went, no, no, we're serious. We love the show. We would love to come on. I went, what you <laughs> spend out. I said, listen, I love Charles. So listen, but, lads. But, but, you know, what yeah. else can we talk about? Yeah. And little did you know that some 40 years later, whatever it is. They'd have been great, wouldn't they? Yeah, they would have been. They were very funny. I mean, they, you know, they obviously have got a sense of humour about it all. So, But I was very, very drunk. Very, very drunk. Very drunk. And all, my main memory is just going, I love Chant. Yeah. The pressure. Come on, guys. Pressure on. All together. <laughs> And then I think they just sort of went, oh, oh fuck, and you. just pushed me away, you know. Yeah. So that's my main memory. But, I, you know, great guys. I love them. Yeah. Um, well, in the show, in the, the fake show they did, there's a third Kemp brother. Oh, really? He's <laughs> called Ross Kemp. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like the forgotten Kemp brother. Is it the and real he, he, Ross Kemp? No, no, no. Oh. No, it's, it's not. It's, uh, it's this guy. You rec- he's one of those really good actors who you recognise his face, you know. Um, yeah, he sort of plays this sort of... You know, the third neglected brother who's employed by Gary as his garden. <laughs> it's very funny. It's good. It's oh, I've got to watch it. It's, yeah, on the, it. it's on the uh, iPlayer or whatever it is. The What's Kemp's. it called? It's called The Kemp's or something like that. You know? oh, You'll find it. Put clear. The Kemp's. Yeah. Um, 
I'm going to tell you about, uh, not quite as amazing as that, but just a funny little clip I saw on TV over Christmas as well. Um, my eldest daughter, uh, a lot of prompting from me. Uh, she works at Waterstones now. Oh, yes, she said, yeah. Um, so she, she's a bookseller. She's pushing she's out a, the Nickel product. Senior oh, she's a senior bookseller now. That hasn't taken her long. Blimey. She's very smart. Yeah. Anyway, um, I noticed that uh, Mick Heron, uh, who came up with the Slow Horses. Yes, novels, books, yeah, yeah. Um, he, uh, there's I about eight of them, and they were selling. Him. I wish I'd come up with that. I hate him. Shut up. Yeah. So, well, we, we will, John. Yeah, we will. We have yeah. a brilliant idea, which I'll, I'll tell you about in a minute. Yeah, okay. Um, it's called Fast Horse. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's like, like it's slow it's, horses. It's like all these detectives, but they're like the faster ones, not the slower ones. That's right. Yeah. Not detectives, spies. They're spies. Spies, aren't they? yeah. Yeah, but yeah. the difference is they're fast. Yeah. We've well, we got the saying? fast horses. You're doing the show about the slow ones. No, 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 no. I'm watching the show. So I'm reading. So uh, I said to. Because every year, what do you want for Christmas? Honest answer nothing. Yeah. I Just would love to there be left to be alone. no Christmas. To be left alone. To be left the fuck alone. Yeah, yeah. As James Hetfield memorably sang on stage, not on the record, uh, what was that track called? It was off Master of Puppets. And the lyric in the record goes, Just leave me alone. Leper Messiah. Oh, uh, okay. Well, yeah, leper, well yeah. yeah. I mean. And then live, he'd go, Leave me the fuck alone. Yeah. And I'd go, Yeah. Yeah, James. Yeah, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> Um, why am I telling you? Oh, yeah, so, so, I, I said, look, if you guys want to club together and, yeah. you know, disingenuous, you know, use yeah. your discount, you know. Yeah. And she got them for me. Bless oh, her heart. Wow. Yeah. And the first one is called Slow Horses. Yeah. So I started reading it, and uh, it's on Apple TV, and um, I don't have Apple TV. Right. And I'm like, I want to read the books anyway. You know, yeah. Because that's, yeah. that's where the good stuff is. Yeah. But then I couldn't help myself. I had to. I just, because I'm reading the books. You've got to see the TV. Plus, all the reviews say it's just it's great. the most yeah. amazing. Yeah. So I. Next thing I've got Apple TV. Yeah. And I'm watching Slow Horses. And I've got to say, it is as great as they say. Right, right. Do you know the concept of Slow I, do, I, I vaguely know that it's about the sort of spies in in MI5 and MI6 or which MI5. It's MI5, so the, the domestic spies. Well, they're, um, they're all the f spies that have fucked up. Yeah, yeah that's to say, the ones who've buggered it up, so they're sort of put out to grass in this building. In a place called Slough House. Yeah. It's not in Slough, it's literally a couple of miles down the road from the MI5 HQ, yeah. which is called The Park, yeah. because it's these days it's in Regent's Park. Yeah. It used to be Cambridge Circus. Yes, that's right. Yeah. And you'd call it the Circus. Yeah, well, now it's yeah. the park. Yeah. This place is literally a couple of miles down the road. But the reason they call it Slough House is because it's about as far away from the action right. yeah. as it's Slough. Yeah. And um, it's full of, as you might imagine, wonderful characters, including the boss, uh, Jackson Lamb, who's played by Gary Oldman. Yeah. And the very first time you see him, he wakes himself up. He's, he's passed out on the couch and yeah. wakes himself up by doing this huge fart. See, I can see why you associate yourself very much with him. <laughs> That's, no, That's no, how no. you began watching the Slow Horses <laughs> show. You awakened yourself with a huge, huge fart, fart. And it was on Apple TV. Yes, indeed. Had your Apple. reverberation... <laughs> Put Apple TV on. The duvet levitated. Yeah, it lit and it just hit the Apple it, TV it button. Yeah. yeah, that's right. In fact, when your Alexa hears a, <laughs> now hears a loud farting sound, it immediately plays Slow, slow horses. horses. That's yeah. right, that's yeah. right. Um, so there's lots of different characters, but there's one character in particular, and he's like their tech nerd. Right. Uh, and it, uh, the actor in real life is Stephen Chung, I think. But in the... Uh, Chinese, so in the Chinese British, it's probably about as Chinese as I am Irish. He's yeah. completely London, yeah. but that's his background. And uh, he's the he is the tech master, yeah. the internet nerd king. 
And he's and he's. You know why they have those? Because they always bail you out of a plot. <laughs> well, exactly. Yeah. Quick, do yeah, the do, do the thing that no one else understands. And yeah. But he's always drinking. What's that? Um, uh, you know, the drink you have to keep you going. The thin Red Bull. Yeah, he's always yeah. drinking Red Bulls, and he's always got a slice of pizza on the keyboard, mm. and and he's really again it, not. I really am seeing why you associate <laughs> yourself with this show. No, but yeah. he's so nerdy. He's, you know, he's. They all hate him. He's like mm. so nerdy. He's obnoxious. Like one of the women agents. Her a fellow agent gets killed by the Russians, but it was her boyfriend, and she's you know uh, you know can imagine, mm. and uh, and he and he's trying to get off with her, <laughs> and he's like too soon yeah, yeah too soon yeah and she's like fuck off ho. his name his name's Roddy Ho right. in the program, she's like fuck off ho. and he went no nah, no nah, you mistake it it's just a I can't bear to see fruit rotting on the tree. Oh, yeah. And they're like oh. looking at him like, for fuck's sake. Yeah. If he's bored, he'll go to, he'll, he'll do something to the, the signs on the M25. It's just kind right. of zombie attack. <laughs> but he's also insanely brilliant. At yeah, stuff. yeah. Anyway, there's finally in, in the third season, there's an episode where um, he's put in the field. Mm. See, we're now seeing why you didn't hit those deadlines. <laughs> <laughs> the third season. I binged You've it, only mate. just started I binged watching it. it. No, I've seen yeah. a lot, mate. I'm, I'm yeah. now, I forced Linda to watch it with me now, so right. I can watch it again. Oh, right. Um, and he's in the field, but really what it is is Jackson Lamb, who's too pissed to drive, has told him to drive. So they go out to his car. It's the first time you ever see Ho outside the building. Yeah. He's got, like, yellow sneakers and, you know... And um, he's obviously a young, he's in his 20s or something. I don't know what he is. But they go out to the car, and it's a real boy racer car. And Jackson Lamb is like, oh, you're fucking joking. <laughs> and, and as soon as he turns the ignition on, all the lights start going yeah. and sink. And he's got one of those big fins on the back, even though it's a regular car. And he's trying to do the gears. Jackson Lamb's going, can you fucking drive? And he goes... My lady needs encouragement. Yeah. He's one of those. Calls his car my lady. Yeah. So anyway, they drive off to the place. It's in the at night in the countryside. Because Jackson Lamb doesn't want him anywhere near it. Okay, wait here. Do nothing. So he's sat there around the corner waiting. And he's got the music on. Fucking loud. And all the lights in the car are going in sync with the music. And he's got the windows down. And he's singing along. What is he singing? Oh, Alexander the Great. Oh, no, really? <laughs> All you can hear is... Wow. Yeah. And it goes on and on. I'm thinking, is that Iron Maiden? Yeah. And then you, he's in well, the car. Well, you would have known instantly. And it, yeah, but Alexander the Great. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and he's sitting yeah. there going, Alexander the Great. It's fantastic. Yeah. And then the bad guys drive past him and he sort of notices... <laughs> But he doesn't turn the music down. Just... Anyway, that was... Uh, that's very good. For me, that was marvellous. Yeah, I think that's marvellous. a reason just to watch Slow Horses. It is. It sounds like it is. Well, probably in future episodes, he'll go back to his Iron Maiden. Well, he's definitely um, a maiden. I mean, well, Alexander the Great. Exactly. They're telling you by the fact they're using that song. They're not using Run to the Hills no. or whatever their other ones are. <laughs> it's very astute. Yeah, very good. Right, so... Um, I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Well, you were going to tell us about something... Well, no, Sexy I was no, to because, do with that because, amazingly yeah, because, exciting group rush. Yeah, because uh, for some unknown reason, ever since we did our live show, oh. where I spoke briefly about rush, briefly and was roundly Fucking turned people upon, people were fleeing for the exit. <laughs> I was, we had to literally bolt the exit doors to stop people walking out. I was turned upon by the audience. <laughs> what? I think the, the the head of the Rush fan club was there. <laughs> He was your one supporter. He was my ally. And we were talking Everybody about... Everybody else was like... And know. all I said was, I got Geddy Lee's oh. audio book. Because I wanted to be able to, to sleep at night. It. No, I didn't, say, I didn't say anything about it. You never shut up about it. imagine my surprise when, very much like yourself, at Christmas I, I took out a new television subscription. You know, you want to find a channel that's got stuff on... That you want to watch. You haven't seen a hundred times or whatever, you know. Um, so I picked Paramount. Anyway, the irrelevant but when i start you know you get that first rush that head rush of all the new programs come up on the screen you go oh God, i don't know what to choose does, does I don't paramount know. have a lot of new no, programs it's got a few things that the thing is i mean new is a relative concept isn't it it is on paramount yeah it is yeah it's like stuff that was once on sky atlantic hey, it's shitty shitty bang bang but i don't pay for sky atlantic so they've got all the oh. shows that were on sky atlantic <laughs> that i now don't have to pay for you know um, so I like looking at all of those, and then it comes up new. You know, mate, they're they're commissioning their own programs now. Yeah. So who? I mean, if you were commissioning programs, who's the first person you'd think of? I mean, obviously it's Geddy Lee, isn't <laughs> it? <laughs> Fuck off. Well-known maker of TV shows. Well-known borer. Of yeah. People. So they've got well-known Robert sh- Plant they've, they've, uh, tribute. Act. They've commissioned four programs from Geddy Lee. Which are called something like, and I'm I'm busking it a bit here. They're called something like my favourite bass player or something. Fucking like. <laughs> hell! And Geddy Lee. Well, yeah. Well, you can imagine like Geddy Lee. The pitch to Geddy Lee was each episode, which is about an hour bloody long. Do you want to go off and hang out with another bass player, and we'll film it? So. Now let me tell you the... Is it ex- like a multi-camera shoot oh, to capture all the exciting Yeah, exactly. Angles? Now let me tell you who the people he goes to see are. As who, if you who's ca- first as if really you gets you into it? As if it. you can't wait to fire up your Paramount subscription. Well, the first one's got to be good because that, that, that means you'll watch the others. It is, yeah. So the first, the first one, one is Les Claypool from Primus. Fucking but, mate, I couldn't believe it. So I start watching it, obviously, because I'm so conditioned to just pressing them on. You just and I love thought, getting No, I just thought, this is material. You know, I'll watch this. I'll be able to, I'll be able to claim it back as tax. <laughs> claim it back on tax. And uh, so I start watching it. And he goes off to... Getty goes off to Les... Les Claypool's got a bloody ranch. Whoever knew that Primus... Was, he's got a ranch. I used to like Primus. He's got his own... 25 years ago. He's, he's got his own uh, line of beer or some sort of spirit. He's got his own pub, <laughs> right, where you drink the... Li- oh, it's wine. It's this range of Les Claypool wine. And then they go off just down the road. He's got his own bloody bass-making place where these two maniacs make him these bass guitars. And they go well, in just there. for him or to sell well, to anybody? That, well, I mean, how many people buy bass guitars? I don't know. Well, quite that, a lot, I well, Yeah, imagine. but I imagine these costs, like, these are like Les Claypool basses, so you've got to be able Handmade. to... you got to be able to play, like, you know... So him and Getty each pick up a brand new bass. Oh, I liked it when you did. Wait, did you do that with a pick? Or did you... Exactly. And then it turns out... Hey, it's fretless. Then it turns out Les Claypool's last tour, Primus, went out playing entire rush albums why like why and people bought tickets well presumably because he's got a ranch so the first one's les claypool the second one is melissa alf dumas 
Do you remember from her? some grunge band? She was like L seven. No, she was a sort of jobbing. Hole. Exactly, she was a jobbing bass player, and then the whole bass player died. Died of heroin. Yeah, very close, I think, to Kurt Cobain dying as well. Oh, shotgun. Yeah, and she gets the gig in Hull. So essentially goes from you know, being a, in a local band to being in Hull. Hull, which is everyone's going to see because Kurt Cobain's just died. And, yeah. all the rest of it. and, and then... And Courtney's got no knickers on. Yeah, yeah. That wasn't why people, wasn't why I... No, no, God no, no, God no, no way. Courtney is not like your type of gal. No, well, you know, that no, sort of she blonde, really... all hanging out, looks like she's on Rohypnol. <laughs> I can't believe you just said that. That was just a joke, yeah, yeah. Johnny. So, but then, he, after Hull, you think, oh, well, that'll be, that'll be that. No, she goes and gets the gig in The Smashing Pumpkins. Oh, yeah. And she's the bass player in The Smashing Pumpkins through their sort of glory era. Because before that was a bloke, Ito, Ito. James Ito. That's it, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, anyway, it then becomes Melissa Altima. So she's obviously done incredibly. And actually, she's quite an interesting person. And she's gone back uh-huh. with her husband and created this whole art scene and centre and what have you. So Getty doesn't what, in with her. Seattle? No, it's not. No, it wasn't in Seattle. It doesn't come from Seattle. It comes from like maybe somewhere upstate New York, oh, somewhere like oh. that. So nice place, oh. you know. They're driving round it and it's full in upstate <laughs> New York. You know how lovely that is. You know? oh, okay, yeah, that's right. But then, then the third one. I can't wait. Yeah, third one, he's actually a friend of yours. Yeah. Oh, oh. yeah. It's oh, not well, Steve Harris. It's not Steve Harris. Before you get too excited, <laughs> imagine Geddy arrives in Essex <laughs> to the mansion where the Eddie head comes out That's of the right. by the gates. Right. Yeah. What Geddy? Yeah, you're right. We're having you a game you... of football, Geddy. Yeah, and then afterwards, we need, some, we, we need someone in goal. <laughs> Grab that base, Geddy. Follow me. This one's called Alexander the Great. And here's my mate Roddy Ho to sing it. Alexander the Great. Uh, yeah. So it's not that. Oh, it's not that. Okay. It's your friend and not mine, Mr. Robert Trujillo. Of, uh, How is he my friend? Because he's in Metallica. Oh, we're all very close. Yeah. We're you, very we, close. Were you friends with Cliff Burton? Yes. Were you friends with Jason Newstead? I wouldn't say friends. But you knew him? Yeah. Yeah. So Robert Trujillo, he's now even... he's now been in Metallica for as long as those other two ever were. Yeah, but I, don't, I wouldn't longer. Say, I don't know if we're friends. No, but I'm, you know him. You know, I haven't heard from him ages. <laughs> no, no, I'm so surprised. I didn't even get a Christmas card. No, what's that no. about? But I, I started watching. I thought, actually, you know what? Robert Trujillo is far too jolly to be in Metallica. I mean, he's not in rehab. He's got a re- he's got a really nice family who so he's been, like, been with his wife for a long time. They've got kids who are his his lad is an aspiring <laughs> bass player, and he, Geddy and Robert go to see his lad's band play. And they're like, you realise the difference in energy between yeah. being twenty and being however yeah. old Geddy and Robert are. You know? Yeah, um, well, Geddy's but, got about but he's got this he's got this fantastic pad, you know. Because the thing that Robert Trujillo is really into, like his real thing, apart from being playing the bass, is surfing. So he's got this amazing place on the uh, overlooking the surf. Really, he's a surf dude. Yeah, he's a surf, big surf dude. Wow. So he goes surfing, but Geddy just watches him because <laughs> he's a proper surfer. I mean, he's oh. out there in these massive. Well, waves, if you, you went know. to visit Rob and he said, "Let Listen, come and see me on my surfboard," would, would you just, just hop on one? No, no. <laughs> Absolutely not. You I go, mean, hey, mate, look for me. I say, I'll, I'll just up in the house up here, kick back. But Geddy goes and watches him do his surfing. But then comes the sort of high. Is he playing point. the bass as he's no, surfing? No, no, no. See, that when would he, be good. Because when be he cool. comes off, because when he's surfing, he's thinking about all the different bass bits he's going to play. Oh. And they actually cut in to the documentary that bit. You remember in the film, the famous film. Some what, kind of monster yeah, where he yeah. joins the band. Lars goes, "Hey, to show you, you know, that we really mean, we want you to join. We're going to give you a million dollars." You know, you remember that? Bit? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I remember Kirk bit. sitting there with a big Cheshire yeah, cat going, smile, like nodding, going, "Yeah." yeah. That's and you right. remember James sitting there going, "It's recuperable. It's recuperable." <laughs> <laughs> Did he really 
really say no, that? No, I'm oh, making oh. it up. Oh. It's just for the humour. So believable. It was. it was. You you kind of change into James I in did, front of I? my eyes. Yeah, yeah. So uh, so they show you that bit, and it's like he always goes on about how his whole life, you know, changed or what have you. But he, along with Geddy, who's obviously obsessed with bass guitars. So is Robert Trujillo, to the point where he he produced a film about the ultimate of all bass players, Jaco Pistorius. Jaco, now you're talking. Who's sort of like the Jimi Hendrix of the bass, you hmm. know. And hmm. uh, I think it's fair he to say. died for similar reasons. Yeah, and uh, Jaco Pistorius always, I didn't know this, but always played this one particular bass guitar that became known as Jaco's bass. And it went missing for years. No one knew where it was. And then it was found. And Robert Trujillo, bless his heart, bought it and gave it back to Jacko Pistorius' really? family. Yeah, yeah. And it because obviously it's a very, very valuable right, instrument. Right. But uh, uh, obviously, for the purposes of filming the documentary, it was at Robert Trujillo's house at the time. So him and Geddy have a go on Jacko's, Jacko's bass. bass. Yeah. Yeah, so that was good. It was good. So having said... Can I just say, I think they got some cheek having a go on Jacko's Yeah, well, I mean, in fairness to Geddy, I think he was a bit like, oh, I don't know if I can... Because if you're a bass player, that's a bit like saying, well, this is the guitar Jimi Hendrix did all along the watch. But Rob's like, give it here. He's got his big hands. But he plays a bit of Jacko. You know, he's like... Jacko's bass has got no frets on it. Of course not. Jacko doesn't need frets. I'm amazed there's even they show four you a bit strings. Of, bit of Jacko, and he's like, he's, <laughs> <laughs> he's out there, man. Hey, yeah. he was the weather in weather review. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So they all love. It. So that, and then the fourth episode, I haven't seen it. I don't know who it is. Well, we. I thought they're never going to top that, are they? <laughs> they're never going to top that one. I I wonder who the fourth one could be. I don't know. You know, know. Do you want me the, to report of back? all the na- uh, great yeah. bass players out there on the next pod? Do you want me to report back? Oh, very much so. Who Please don't fourth, forget to do that. Who is the fourth horseman of the apocalypse of the bass of the, apocalypse? Yeah. Who is the yeah. fourth bass man? Yeah, the four bass men of yeah. the apocalypse of the rock apocalypse. Yeah, the rockopolis. The rock rockopolis. Yeah, yeah. The four <laughs> bass men of the rockopolis. <laughs> yeah. The rock of Stephen Wilson's bass player? Maybe it's him. I think Stephen plays bass does on the. I think he does. Of course on the, he does. He does all the instruments. <laughs> He's like Mike Oldfield. Well, I think the original bassist now lives in Australia. Maybe or that's like my last, my final question for Stephen Wilson: Is there an instrument that you can't play? Well, there won't be, will there? Probably not. And that's when you go, and he goes, no, I can pretty much play everything. Anything. And that's when you pull out a fugal horn. Yeah. And you go, go on then, have a go or on that, mate. Zither. Or we, yeah. we wheel on a harp. Yeah. <laughs> and then he just plays and then the, ring, ring. It's like the chorus of angels. <laughs> yeah, but can you play a triangle? Yeah. Ding. Ding. Yeah, yeah. well, I'll, I'll tell him. About the time I played tambourine on the Marillion album. Wow, and that had, would be that would be sensational. <laughs> and it had to be altered in Pro Tools. There's your, there's, so there's your there's your four part series. There you go, Ta- great tambourines, tambourinists. You could call it uh, shake. Yeah, shake, rattle, and roll. Yeah. There you go. There you go, mate. There you go. Shake, rattle, and rock and roll. Ooh. that's what it's called. Oh, is it? Because you think about it, like most pe- cool people play the tambourine because it's the source, the singer. Yeah, because the singer gets out of tambourine. That's right, yeah. yeah. Because he's got nothing else to do. Yeah. Those are the singers that don't know how to dance yeah. or throw shapes. Yeah. Like the bloke in, um, oh, what are they called? Primal Scream. He, he, Primal Scream? Get your rugs oh, off. Get was, your, who was, is Primal oh, it's Scream? It's because I've been talking wow, about Primus. Wow, Primus. I was going to be wow, talking about Primus. So I was going, who the... You had Primus, Primal I had Primus confusion. on the mind, yeah. It's like, how did that guy from Primus get so much money? That's he all that's been on the my tambourine. It's all that's on, been on my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Now, um, so on, that's it. That must be it. Well, no, no. I got. I've got. I'm going to outbore you here okay, now on, because, and I think you're going to find this actually fascinating. No one else will, but you will. Um, turns out that uh, at the end of 2023, recently. Mike Portnoy, 
of Dream Theatre and the Winery Dog. See, he's the sort of guy who'd be on the Skelly Lee show. There you go, except he's a drummer, isn't he? Is he? Okay. I don't know. You don't know? I don't really... Wow. Know. John doesn't know that Mike Portnoy is a drummer. Wow. So anyway, I'm going to tell you who the guys in the band are in a minute, because it's quite funny. Um, they were guests who performed with <coughs> YYNOT. Who the fuck's YYNOT? Must be some sort of mm, prog. Don't you know? Oh, oh. YYNOT are, says here, are considered one of the premier Rush tribute bands. Oh, probably named after YYZ, the Rush. But cleverly, NOT, so not. Yeah. Get it? Get it? Um, they did a charity concert. Oh, it was at a, oh, this is very recently. It was at the Bubba Bash 2024. Yeah. A charity concert in celebration of Rush's late drummer, Neil Peart. 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 On the fourth anniversary of his passing. See, you now he was a proper drummer. I know, but why are you celebrating his death? No, you're not. So that's that's disingenuous of you. I'm they're marking. Not, I'm not remotely They're marking the occasion. Oh, it was held on Saturday, January the sixth, just recently, John. Two days ago, three yeah. days ago. Well, as we record. without giving away when we record this, yeah, because obviously people think we're we're live, and it was at uh, the Keswick Theatre in Glenside, Pennsylvania. Oh, okay, yeah. With all proceeds going to benefit. Cedars Sinai Hospital in memory of you, oh, which is Neil nice. Peart, very nice. Yeah. But let me tell you the all-star bill. Okay. Mike Portnoy, not on bass but on drums. Frank Bello from oh, Anthrax. Was yeah. he a bass player? Yeah, I'm sure he was. Something like that. Jason Bittner from Shadows Fall. Is Frank Bello the guy who became a watchmaker? I don't know that. Story. One of Anthrax has become like one. At I'm not exaggerating, has become one of the leading watchmakers in the world. Oh. Yeah. Good timekeeper, then. Well, uh, presumably he was either a bass player or a drummer. Okay. Frank Bellow, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jason Bittner of Shadows Fall. Shadows Fall, yeah. John Dinklage... Of clockwork of the Clockwork Angels string ensemble. Okay, well there you go. Because Clockwork Angels was a, the last Rush album. The, the party just never starts. Yeah. Um, Joe Bergamini, who is a drum instructor and author. Wow. Oh yeah. John Wesley. But why did they need him if they had Mike Portnoy? But he's also an author. You see. Okay. <laughs> John. He was writing it down. He wrote this. He, he did. You're yeah. reading out. Yeah. He did. John Wesley says porcupine tree. John Maybe that was a, a an early yeah incarnation. Yeah. Maybe people just say that they were in porcupine tree. Yeah, I might. Start no one knows. Do they? I might start saying it after yeah. after. I tell you what. After we've done the show, <laughs> I'm going to say I've gigged with Stephen Wilson. When yeah. people ask me, I say, "Yeah, I used to gig with him." Yeah, yeah. Why well, did so a what, gig? So no, I'm not going to. No, I'm not going to say I did a gig. I'm going to say I gigged with him. Gigged, yeah. In, and I say, in, "What did you? What did back you? Back in the day, what did you play?" And I just go, oh, "Tambourine." I filled in behind Stephen. You know, on tambourine. Well, whatever. I mean, whatever he needed. If he needed a bit of keyboards, I was. There. <laughs> if he needed backing vocals, I was there. <laughs> Wait, we're getting to the good bit. Uh, so, John Wesley from Porcupine Tree. Seven Antonopoulos from Opiate for the Masses. Yeah. They are, were all guests who performed with YYNOT. Yeah. How did we miss it? <laughs> well, I, or I, did you? You were there, weren't no, you? No, I... I, I, I First I've heard of it, but they should have at least live streamed it or something. Well, maybe they still will. Well, if, if, you're a, if you're a fan of the drums I would and the bass, it, yeah, I would imagine it was a day out. Yeah, yeah. Or fan of authors, yeah. he was <laughs> yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. Or a fan of Porcupine Tree. There you but go. if you are a fan of Porcupine Tree, come, come to the show. <laughs> come Nicely done. Yeah, yeah, thank pro you. Seamless. Working with pros, I love seamless. it. Seamless, seamless. Yeah. Um, Stephen Wilson is our special guest at the West Hampstead Arts Club on February the 21st. And send in your questions, which 
again will prove to be better than having gay question mark written on an envelope. Almost certainly, although yeah. I wouldn't guarantee. Yeah. Now, you can send those questions to John's Twitter account, which is at the old batsman. It is. is. Send them to me, send them to Mick, send them where you like. Or send them to me. I'm send, Don't. What's... Although don't, can I say don't send them to Stephen Wilson because we don't want him to know no. before the gig what no. we're going to ask him. Yeah, no, so no spoilers. Don't, so don't at Stephen Wilson. No spoilers no to Stephen. No spoilers, Steven. yeah. Or at Mick... What am I? Mick Blackwall? Oh, I don't know. We, I got yeah. banned. Yeah, so I had to yeah. come back secretly. No one knows. Yeah. Mick Blackwall? Something like that. I think that. it's at Mick Blackwall. You'll find it. Yeah. Uh, or Facebook, Instagram. Yeah, I'll give out John's personal All number later. I don't have any of those. So. Yes, but I do. Oh, okay, yeah. You do? I do. Fair enough. Because I am, how shall we put it? Can you hear Coco snoring? Yeah. <laughs> I am uh, a man of the world, you yeah. know. Yeah. The uh, cyber world. Yes. A slow horse. <sighs> and on that bombshell... Oh. <laughs> Blimey, that was right on cue, wasn't it? If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. How do I stop this, Fern? 